episode of Provincial State of Mind. Myself, Owen Harrison, Jeff Neville and Tom Savage. This is a special podcast focused on the World Cup and not the provincial sides in URC and European competitions. Um, what Although we we're, we're focusing on our province though. We're all focusing yes. on the province. Leinster Rugby. The most unbiased and indifferent of the trio is back. Oh no, sorry. The no, most no, no. biased and deranged the most the biased. Is back. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. Deluded. Yeah. Deluded. That was not deranged. Deluded. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. Yeah. We let Jeff back because um, he gave us a very fulsome apology off here. Which, we, we, which we will distribute to the people of Leinster in due course. Apologizing for nothing, especially not a bird. I would fight any bird. Anytime. To be honest, I think that big bird, I, I'd back myself to take him in a fight if needs be. Big bird, no problem. Sure, he's just two arms, really, isn't he? He's two arms. Even that, even that carbon monoxide bird. No, I've no time for him. He's too smug. Yeah. Think about this. Think about this. Why would I apologize to a bird who sings songs about it? How many of his kind have died over the years in mines and he's there just singing away? Disrespectful. No. no. The, the, all the canaries who died he, in the mines. He's, he's, yeah, saving people's lives and you're there disrespecting him. But he's not, Owen. He's singing a song on TV. To save people's lives. But plus as well, you're yeah, disrespecting. That's, that's fair. Yeah, that he's, is fair. He's disrespecting no, just, the lives of the canaries who came before him. They didn't have any carbon monoxide alarms down the mines. And you're singing. They oh, were, they sure were the carbon monoxide. They alarms. were. So it's just like, do you know what? Fuck him. But surely he should be starting before he's singing a song on TV. I'm not knocking the work, by the way. But surely he should be looking for, I suppose, retribution for the canaries first, rather than just ignoring them. So like looking, he, looking he to try to give. He couldn't care less. Look at him trying to wreak revenge on humankind who tortured his forebears. I'm looking where this is going. You saying he's giving out bad advice to do a carbon monoxide? <laughs> not, not bad advice. Where, at this all, where this but, is going? But surely he could have dropped in somewhere in his song. You know, listen, you treated us poorly as birds. He didn't, and we're coming just, for you. I really I'm just saying I'm we're just coming. Saying. We're coming for you with our coddle. I don't like coddle either. I won't apologize for that. Mickey's in piss. Oh, he's dub- Jeff is doubling down on this. I like this now. I just don't like coddle. Owen. Do you like coddle? Um, no, not really. But you're then delu- again, I don't. I don't, I, you're deluded. I don't have. I don't have a, a fatwa issued against me by Leinster and um, the Canaries. Anybody? No, who not the islands. This. Just the <laughs> Canary Islands. <laughs> no, don't like them either. <laughs> Too hot. Too many wild dogs. Don't like them. Oh God! Right. What did you do? We get on then. What did you do? Did you do anything for the weekend, Owen? May as well start with you. I did. I did very little this weekend. Um, It's the one weekend that I didn't have an awful lot. September is a very expensive month for me, though, because it is. Same here. I have my sister's birthday, my mother's birthday, my wife's birthday, my brother-in-law's birthday. And my wedding anniversary in the same month. How many one for all votes is that? I have a solution for you. <laughs> go you, go to weddings. You, you, <laughs> They're you, much more expensive. <laughs> you go to the Canary Islands and don't tell anyone just for September. And then when you come back in October, people will be so relieved to see you. That's now, their that'll gift. Probably, that'll probably only work for one year. You know, after six, seven years of disappearing for just September, people might be a bit like, can you please stop doing this? Like it's getting old. 
but your, it might your, work one year. your gift to them is you living your best life. I thought you just, were going to say my gift would be just me going to the Canaries, getting out of their lives. No, you and the Canaries tanned, sunscreened, no, moisturized, thriving. I think they'd like that. In your lane, flourishing. Um, in your lane, flourishing. That's, flourishing. That's exactly it. And a happy own is a happy family, I think. It is. As my daughter says, living my best life. <laughs> I love how you said so that. So what like, of you boys? Like, I love how you said it. Like it was just like this alien thing. Like you'd never heard it before until your daughter says. It's my daughter says. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as, as, the way my daughter says, look at him there. Sitting on the couch, drinking beer, watching rugby, living his best life. Living the dream. My God. Yeah. I had a christening this weekend. But it was me who was inviting people to the christening this time for my little girl. And it was very good, very enjoyable, even though I felt like a basketball wearing a suit for the majority. We had lots of photos taken. And all I could think of, I needed more time with the personal trainer before we did all these photos. <laughs> and we've got a few of them back. And I'm just like, because ah, you know you know that when you kind of get a photo back and you're just like, oh, no, I kind of had it in my head. I'd look better in these. Um, but no, yeah. Other than that, though, everything went really well. Um, and it's just like, just one of those weird things you have because you're like, I've got, a, I've got a kid now. Oh, look, here I am on the altar. We're, we're getting her christened. This is happening. This is happening to me now. So it was very, very weird. But other than that, it was very, very good. And I didn't make a show myself, not even once. So very happy. Excellent. What about you, Jeff? What did you do with your? Extended week off from peace on. Um, I've been very busy with meetings and uh, games and uh, both amateur and World Cup games. I suppose I should say. I there was a there was a game in Wicklow at the weekend. No word will I. I have never been wetter at a game in all my life. And for anyone who was in Wellington for the second lines test six years ago, I include that game. I mean, I have never been wetter at a game. It was incredible. Passed against Munster in 2000 and... Wetter. Eight. Wetter. Like, I've never, ever seen rain like this at a match. Like, to the point where there's a picture I'll send on to you in a while. Like, it's a tackle. And you actually can't see two of the players because the splash is so big from where they fell on the ground. It was incredible. Like, I kind of... You know, I grabbed the sleeve of my jacket at one stage and just squeezed and water just, just poured out. It didn't even, like, dribble out. I mean, it poured out. Took off my jacket, my hoodie, and a t-shirt. Peeled off the base layer, and I was able to put the base layer over a sink and wring it out. Like, it was disgusting. Absolutely disgusting, to be honest. And you know, the worst um, thing about rain is when you're bald, is that <laughs> it's got nowhere to go. <laughs> you don't, but you should. It's just literally, it's streaming down your face. Oh, yeah. So it's just you're like... Not bald and, you're not bald in your eyebrows, though, so... My eyebrows are not substantial enough to prevent that level of rain. Oh, my forehead this size? <laughs> are you serious? Do you know what you need, Tom? Do you know what you need? You need to be carrying around like a little tub of Vaseline in your pocket. And then you just roll it across the top of the eyebrows, create that sort of barrier there, and it just runs off the side. I've got a, I've got a weird forehead. I've got like I've got a big eyebrow ridge like like a Neanderthal. So like when that rain starts coming off, it just starts dripping. It's just like coming down all over my face. It's like I'm in a kind of a, a shower scene in a movie, but it's just like for however long I'm outside. It's like I can't get it out of my eyes. 
because the other day I was bringing uh, my little girl out of the car and it was raining a bit like that because it was kind of raining on and off like that all the time. And I was trying to prevent her from getting wet. But in doing so, like, I don't think my back has ever been that wet. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're kind of hunched <laughs> over, just <laughs> taking all the brunt of it. Yeah. I felt like some hero coming in, though. Oh, I'm not surprised, man. You, look at, you did look good at there. The, look at the fucking water I took. That could have been on Fair her, play. but no, it's on me. Not many would do that, no. No, no, I know. Do that. I know. Yeah. And like, I, I'm, okay. I understand saying it now. I'm, I'm expecting a letter from um, the president himself. Yeah. Maybe, any, maybe. Anytime now. Anytime now. Even the Taoiseach, maybe. But I'm just putting it out there. The inaugural email. father of the year, maybe. E- email from my address, please. And, uh, <laughs> send whatever you want to send. Times the man of the year 2023. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What about this rugby shit? Yeah, we might as well talk a bit about rugby. Um, we can we get straight into the Bok game. Yeah, build up to it. We just skip in tongue. Well, we can talk about that as as part of it. I mean, I wouldn't have watched it if I'd known. Like, we're not going to cover it. Well, if I, like, I mean, well, if you showed up last week, we could have discussed this. You know, it didn't happen last week. Like, that, it hadn't you know, happened. The biggest thing that I could say about this Tonga game was that when it didn't rain for the game you could tell inside the first five or ten minutes that whatever else was happening Ireland were winning this game quite comfortably the leveller effect of the rain was not a factor and without it Tonga had no realistic way into the game and I, and I thought to myself it's good that we're playing at this level now as a country where certain teams will need levellers against Ireland I was struck by that because I was obviously a few points in at the stage um, when I was watching this one up at the pub. And um, I just felt looking at us like Tonga had no way into that game with the way how Ireland were playing, how efficient, how clinical. And without the rain to make the, you know, up the value of scrums, up the value of knock-ons, there was nothing there for him. I was struck a bit by the penalty count. I didn't think it would go as high as it did. Like 13 is quite high for Ireland. Mm-hmm. And I know we saw like Romania concede 18 against um, South Africa there the last day. But I mean, you're always going to put penalties on a team when you're putting them under that much pressure. But like Australia went 18 penalties against Fiji. But I really didn't think Ireland would go and concede 13 against Tonga. Um, I didn't think they were under that much pressure to warrant 13 penalties. If that makes sense. And do you know what else struck me? I looked at the 22 injuries. Ireland had 20. Samoa are down for one. Whoa. And I think we said, was it well, in the early, our earlier podcast we were doing in this series, that you'd look at Ireland to be beaten Romania by around 80 points and around 40, 50 for, against Tonga. And it kind of played out that way. Like, and the thing is, Tonga aren't bad. Like, Tonga have some good players there. But Ireland were just too efficient and had too many. They just, they just bamboozle you. Anybody who plays Ireland as of late, you're just getting bamboozled. You've been bamboozled. <laughs> Andy Farrell, I, I want him to say Tonga bamboozled. Just any, Tonga just lacked the platform. They had, their lineout was messy, pretty much non existent. Um, the scrums, as you say, the weather, the weather that was um, expected Forecast, to arrive. Yeah. 
Um, so they did no, they no means to pressurize Ireland in the scrum without that. No. And then that left them in a position where they were, as I think, you know, what was it? Ireland had 13 penalties, but uh, Tonga had 16 or 17, I think it was. 16, yeah. 16. And in a lot of cases, they were giving Ireland easy out and easy access into the Tongan 22. And Tonga just couldn't play ball in areas where it would hurt Ireland. They had no platform to work off. And what they were trying to do was play off the Ireland kick transition where Ireland were actually set up to, to counter against them. And it it went out, it played out the way that Ireland would have wanted it to. Almost they were able to, Yeah, they were able to, to get a big, build a big lead, get a lot of the players off that they needed to. They, they've gone strong in their opening two games in terms of their, their selections. They were able to get um, a lot of the guys off um, as quickly as possible. They got Sexton off after 40 minutes after he picked up his um, points to go top uh, point scorer for Ireland. Um, I think that nearly every player off by 50, I think, bar, yeah. bar scrum half. And I know Furlong came back on, but obviously that wasn't part of the plan. Exactly. But like, exactly. I think I think they were all on by, well, whatever whatever the scrum half change was, but they were all on otherwise by 50, which is brilliant. There was yeah. one moment in the first half too where I thought like, Hugo Keenan came under a bit of pressure. There was a lot of talk about by Pieto. He got stepped a few times by by yeah. Charles Pieto and a few other guys, but it didn't and matter. Charles Pieto would also step me, and that says something. He'd step know? he'd step um, all three of us if we were all standing in a fridge. It's not good this place. <laughs> but when you look at at, at Keenan, every time he shepherded him into the tram lines, where Ireland were waiting, where you had the forwards who were all there, and it never really led to anything massively dangerous. I did Ireland's kick chase and the way we were able to pressurize them on their first phase of transition kind of took the sting out of a really strong area for them. They weren't able to use it as a massive launching pad in the way that they might have if Ireland's transition defense wasn't the very best in the world. Line out went well too. I mean, against Romania, what, they lost four out of their 12. And against Tonga, what, they had twice as many and only lost half as much. So, I mean, heading into South Africa to see that to see that go the way it's going like it's hugely promising because I mean set piece against South Africa needless to say like it's the most obvious thing in the world your set piece better be on point against South Africa also, at least it's going bicep in. curls making sure you're you've got a nice pump on going into the game oh yeah be as big <laughs> as you can literally be as big as you can um, but yeah I suppose we'll jump into South Africa so will we well just going back to the Tonga game there the, the Ireland line out that you're talking about I was I was watching it back and I was surprised at how often they went to the five man line out. Yeah. Where they they have a um what is it, a static guy at either end. So they've one guy on the five meter holding the line, one guy on the fifteen, and then the three jumping options walk in together as a pod almost. And then from that point on, it's the flexibility of moving of movement and timing to get where you need to do. And I think it gave them you give the same look to the opposition, but you can run so many different variations off it that allows um, Ireland to sort of to fake it. The I think it worked quite well for them to secure the ball and get the ball back in play to their pod structure and their attacking thing. The only thing that I think it won't necessarily work that well against South Africa, because set up if you do that, you're putting some of your back rows potentially or some of your forwards out into midfield. Yeah, you're and stacking even, the D, yeah. 
it's 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 going to get you the ball back, but you're you're under pressure, particularly with the South African blitz defense, that they're going to have extra players in that midfield that can that can come up and fill in. So you're going to have to do something off it to drag them back in. So I think you're either going to have to do a maul, a maul feint, or you're going to have to set it up for a kicking phase within um, a sort of um, within a, a couple of phases of that lineup. Because if um, if you if if you do go full against South Africa, they'll just give you the front. They'll say off yeah. you go, no problem. And as soon as you go up the front, we're going to murder you. Um, but again, if you, like you said, if you give them that five, they're just going to stack the middle of the field. That mall feint, which Ireland love using, with especially with Van der Fleer, I think is going to be well. I suppose we'll get to selection in a while, but I mean that mall feint you'll see with Van der Fleer is going to be of huge importance, and I think any of the options we see run off it with Hooker coming around, etc. Like sometimes you might see Jemison Gibson Park go wide and Hooker looping to hit him to play wide midfield. I don't think we'll necessarily see much of that off a five man. If if I suppose they go with the five man, they'll just keep it tight. They might peel around the front or certainly just keep it tight in around the 15 or you know in around that area, just not to go wide first. But I think if selected, Josh van der Fleer is going to have a massive role in that, along with whatever hooker is selected as well. Yeah, I think one of the, one of the things I'm going to look out for in in a match is I I agree with you in South Africa will give you the front of the line out. They will put their pods towards the back in the middle. They'll look to if you try to throw to the middle or the back, they'll put the pods into the air and they'll challenge you. If you throw to the front, they'll try and maul you towards the touchline and give themselves time to shoot up in midfield as you get it, as you try to get to the edge. I wonder if Ireland will continue to take the front. We will. For a while. And right? just secure ball. Secure the ball and get it back in phase. But then I wonder, will we see a very, some sort of a variation or a work? You know, the, the try that Keith Earl scored against England in the Grand Slam and, game. And uh, Jack Conan popped yes. down, is it? Yes. Yeah. Something like that, where where they, they continuously go to the front and then there's that one chance to go to the back like that, particularly if you're using some sort of variation off the five-man line yeah. where you can have the guy who stands at the back. And that's where I was looking at that. Um, that'd be, a, that'd be a six, a six plus one. Yeah. That, be, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they, they would run that. Yeah, they, they very well could. I can see Ireland. Like most of Ireland's best work has been done off the front. I think that... Ireland will be looking for South Africa to try and pummel us at the front of the lineout. Like, okay, we're going to we're going to build a mall here, drive us into touch, and then go off the back of that momentum. Like I can see, you've like been, the way Ireland been bamboozled. Uses, you've been bamboozled because this is what we do. You've been bamboozled. We bamboozle you. <laughs> um, I think that you could see Ireland really looking to try and get that low cut uh, with a mix with Keller. I thought Keller, by the way, against Tonga was brilliant. Yeah, it was good. I excellent. He is j- 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 jacked. This guy, even, even for even for a Leinster player, even for a, and that's that's something for you to say. That that takes a lot from it me. Takes to a say lot for you to say. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he was really good, really, really good. Um. And I thought that the thing is with James Lowe, like as well, just how effortlessly better he makes that Irish team with what he gives you off the boot, everything. Can I ask a question? Why doesn't James Lowe take any penalties conceded in the 22, etc. and just rifle it 50 metres? That's Johnny's job. 
But like, <laughs> you is, should. Is that in Sexton's contract? He gets he gets to do the mace he gets to ma- do the mace ads and he gets to kick all the, the stuff all, all the penalties down the line. Thing is, imagine if he started doing that yeah. and they started doing the sex and cam in game where if James Lowe was kicking <laughs> the penalty and they just yeah. have like Johnny's just standing on the pitch just looking at him. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. I want to see I want to see sex and cam if he's literally on the field. <laughs> well, just a thought. Just a thought. Because if you have a rifle like that of a left boot, like use it. Even midfield penalties, etc. Just, just get every inch out of it. Drive it down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Will we move on to the to, to the sprint bonks? To the seven plus one. The seven plus one. I love it. Let me tell you. Seriously. Seriously. I am offended by the seven plus one. I am fuming. As the spirit of rugby being besmirched, exercised, and insulted by seven forwards and one back. What's next? Eight forwards, no backs. I am fuming. I am raging. I, I, I'm ra- oh, I'm raging. I, I personally applaud, <laughs> personally applaud the box for doing this purely to troll Matt Williams. I think anyone that takes this much takes it this far sort of yeah, this this far goes goes gives it this much thought to go into it, right? Just to troll Matt Williams deserves everything that they get. You know who I they, feel bad they for? They deserve everything. Do you know who I, do you know who I feel bad for? Who? The game of rugby union. <laughs> rugby values. Rugby values. They're dead in the grave. There needs to be Rasmus a law Rasmus change brought in here, doesn't there? There needs to be a law change. This is outrageous. Outrageous. And I am what, I, what I actually love fuming. is, is the, the narrative oh. that's been built up around this is that everything that's bad, Razzie does. Everything that's good that the box do, it's Jack. I love, I, I love, you, like, I, I love the seven plus one. I love I, it. I, I, bet you, I bet you Jacques is fuming at this behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to be able to get a word in edgeways about fuming? He's done this to bamboozle Andy. Yeah, <laughs> but I love, like, I always loved how South Africa named their team on a Tuesday. I always liked that, as if to say, here's your problem, go figure it out. I now love, especially they've done it on a Tuesday and named a seven plus one, as if to say, go figure it out. Like, this is, like, it does not take a genius to say what we're about to do. Go figure it out. I love it. Now, my next question is the Irish bench under Farrell. They've never, ever, ever done a six plus two ever. The closest they've got is maybe Aki in that 23 rolls. So you're talking maybe a five and a half to the two and a half or whatever it is, but they've never they've ever done a six, two under Farrell. At what point does that change? So, I mean, the Springboks, Going 6-2 wouldn't have been a surprise. I think Ireland would still go 5-3. 7-1. At what stage do you go, do you know what? We might just go with a 6-2. Now, if it's me, I've been wrong about absolutely everything Farrell has done in this World Cup so far. So whatever answer I give is going to be completely wrong. Do you trust the process and say, we have a style of play, we go 5-3, or do you say, look, it's one game, we're going to go 6-2, and just look to combat that physicality that is 
absolutely coming down the line. I was, as you were, before you started talking, <laughs> I had it in my head that, yeah, they might do a 6-2. But this is a team of, of habits. It's a team of five threes. So if they haven't done a 6-2 before now, it would be very unlike Andy Farrell to do a 6-2 now ahead of this game. I mean, he's never done it before. Like, he's a creature of habit with his selections and everything. As we're seeing, he's being quite justified, actually. When you look at how other teams have struggled with the um, the games that they should have, you know, e- be easily winning. Um, Ireland have been all about cohesion for years now. I think that it would it would be going away from that to go for a 6-2 split, I think. I think so, too. And I think, yeah. sorry to cut across you, but you're three now that third guy like Aki probably starts is it Henshaw or is it McCluskey Henshaw I think it's Henshaw even though I think the physicality that McCluskey brings could probably be a better option because you could always well, move I, Aki to I the think it's team. I think it's Henshaw I think it's Henshaw for his ability to uh, cover 12 and 13 yeah but so does Aki but if it's ring, if it's uh, ring rows, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying, yeah. But I, I think to to have that ability in there, I think you can't. I think you can't go six two because even though you'd like to, you know that Sexton isn't going to make the full eighty. As much as you want to keep him on for as long as you can, he's not going to go to full eighty in this. Are they going to tranquilize him to take him off the pitch? <laughs> I think well, as long you, as you Sexton can, has you can one keep leg. him on, but is is he, is he effective though? That's the question. That's it. And the other one, I think, do you, I think who you have do you, to look at. Who do you put on the bench yeah, with it? Thinking. Jack Crowley was up for media today on it. But, I, you know, I Earls think was Jack last week and didn't play. I, w- I would put Jack Crowley in personally because, now, bear in mind, as a Leinster fan, I'm just, I'm trying to be as as, as kind of non-biased as possible. So I would definitely go with him, Jack Crowley over. Um, allegedly, I hate Leinster. So yeah, no, 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 no allegedly about it. Um, yeah, yeah. Anything Leinster. Um, I'll, I'll obviously have to go for Ross Byrne then to, to keep the balance. Dublin Castle can stand it. Okay. Who can? As a Leinster fan, Who can? I will admit that I don't like Dublin Castle. Dublin Castle. That, that's no. coming from a Leinster fan. Too smug. Yeah. Do, do, do you look at the West I mean, Mead? No. Don't no. Like it. it's, just, no. it's just west of Mead, isn't it? It's like, why not like just be it. one big giant Mead? Why, why are you trying be, to prove? Just be whole Mead. Yeah. Whole Mead. <laughs> We obviously know all on the team, so there's no real talk. There's no point in talking about who the who the first fifteen is. Starting fifteen. The only, I think I think the, the only conversation nine. comes in is, oh, I was going to say Hooker. If Sheehan's not fit, do you start Kelleher? Oh, I start I start Kelleher. Give Sheehan yeah, last twenty if he's anyway fit. Uh, no, but I, if he's I, not fit. If he's, I I I can't I, see I him think, being fully think, fit. Yeah. I think if he's fit, no. he starts for me. I, I think you have to start uh, Kelleher. Oh, really? Oh, I don't. I don't think mm. he's fit enough to. to I would start. also. I would I also think start Kelleher. Start Kelleher. I think Kelleher is a better scrummager with Porter, and I think mm. that that'll be important yeah. against the the mighty sprint bongs. Do they have a good scrum? Apparently, supposedly. Jesus. They're all big guys. That's so, new. So what I suppose. I've, yeah, so I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense, I suppose. Mm. And I, I think the only question is whether Murray starts ahead of um, Gibson Park. For the cake. 
or in general. The, yeah. Thing is, the, in, I, I think overall, I'm just saying, but yeah. back in November, right? Ireland box kicked a lot, and typically we haven't in the yeah. last two or three years. We box kicked a lot in that game, running the risk that there would be more scrums because we wanted to attack their wingers and didn't want to give them too much in the way of like first phase transitions to work on. If that's the plan again, he has to start Murray and then shift to a kind of a, a more like hyper mobile game plan. Then if you're bringing off, you know, bringing in Gibson Parker, whoever, like that's probably like, is that plausible? Do you think this time around? I think it is. And I think you, you have to almost look at, and this goes back to the, the halfback pairings as well. I think you can start Murray and Sexton. I think you can have Gibson Park and Sexton start. I don't think you can have Murray and Byrne playing together as a halfback pairing to finish the game out. Maybe because I don't like think this. you have the... In a game like this, I don't think you can have that because I don't think either necessarily has the mobility and you're going to slow it down too much in terms of being able to play it towards the end. I think if you're going... If you're going for Murray off within that it has to be with Crowley off the bench or you have to start him with Sexton would be the way I would look at that yeah like I could see like I look at Ross Byrne like I thought he did okay off the bench against Tonga um, it would certainly be a system fit choice to, to start him or to, to have him on the bench Um, but I think they like the athleticism that Crowley brings and that little bit extra that you might get off him as a result like Ross is like because people have been criticizing Ross Byrne an awful lot but like if you think about it like he wouldn't be where he is if he isn't wasn't like the perfect system 10 for both Leinster and now for Ireland because so much of what Ireland do is so similar to Leinster like he wouldn't be where he is if he wasn't good at running the system I think against this South African team though I think you'll need to have a bit extra and we know Sexton has that but I'm not sure if, if Ross does when it comes to like literally athletically, like would it be better to go with Crowley even if he's not the most perfect system fit because of that little bit extra he gives you that in a tight game could be important. Just, on, what, what, just to back up what I want to say, in this season, the only time Murray and Byrne were both named on the bench together was against England. Otherwise, they weren't. And if you look at 2022, again, um, in terms of Murray and Byrne, it just didn't happen. So, like, I mean, it's very, very plausible that what Owen is saying is finally right. Good God. Even, even, even the throw, clock is, just, is, is right twice you know, a day. I was just like, you know, I'm going to throw some shade in the sentence as well, needlessly. God, God help um, us all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fighting everyone today. Birds, Owen. I fight you, Tom. I don't care. Let's do it. Let's go. Um, let's do it. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually think Ross Byrne, and he is a perfect fit for the Ireland system because the Ireland system is now based around Sexton. Yeah. And if you look at it, four four years ago, Sexton was obviously four years younger, was much more mobile. Forty two years of age, <laughs> right? But he was much more mobile, and Ross couldn't fit that system, as we saw against England in the warm up games. He couldn't fit that system. He was sitting too deep. He wasn't mobile enough. I think the Ireland system has changed to match Sexton's evolution uh, as he's got older. And now Ross is able to fit into that athletically. 
And I think there is the argument to have it there. I just don't think that himself, and he's very good at that. He, he It's almost the quarterback. He will go in and he will play that system and he will make the calls that he has been told to make. But he, I don't think he necessarily reads what's in front of him, but he plays the system. And for that, I think it, it works well, but I don't think you can have himself and Murray. He needs someone who will give him quick ball that will give him the time to make those decisions there. If it's too slow or... Ireland have to put more people into the breakdown and they don't have those those pods outside him and that structure there, he will continue to go back to where he was versus England four years ago and sit so deep that Ireland will lose it and they'll end up in this kicking battle that they don't want to get into. I'd actually go further to back up Owen's point and say under Farrell as a whole, that game against England was the only time that Murray and Byrne were the bench halfbacks. John Cooney has played more with Ross Byrne off the bench than Conor Murray. Here's a fun fact for you, brought to you by Jeff Neville. No, I'm joking. That was also Rory O'Keefe's homework as well um, that I was just flicking through. But um, I'm going to claim it as my own again, because uh, why not? Because we'll just edit it, we'll just beep it out like we did last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. all mine. Yeah, 100% yeah. all mine. I was at it all day. But uh, there's a fun fact for you. John Cooney started more off the bench for Ireland with Ross Byrne than um, Conor Murray. Which is also something I did not think until about forty-five seconds ago. So. I do, I do think that starting nine will give a good idea as to what Ireland's approach to the game is going to be. Because do you think that there is a, I suppose a, a kind of a, a a similarity between what Leinster did to the Sharks in the RDS? Um, or was it the, they played two or three South African teams it's the Stormers they played in the RDS do you think there's a similarity between what they did to the Stormers in that game and what Ireland might potentially do to the Springboks in this game where Ireland kicked a lot of ball diagonally into the backfield so in that in this case it would be to Arensa and to Cheslin Colby maybe to Damien Williams also and they were going, okay, okay, if you want to play with the ball in hand, that's fine. We're going to give you all the ball you could ever want, but just in the one place you don't want it. And then force them to play from deep. So in a way, you're taking their first phase transition out of the game because you're kicking to an area of the field that they have to recover from. And again, I think if one, one guy could do that accurately under pressure, it would be Sexton. And if, if, and if one player is going to chase that accurately... Probably going to be Mac Hansen. Mac Hansen and Gary Ringrose. And yeah. can they pressurize those guys? It also, guys it in also takes that glove out, doesn't it? It takes it that defensive glove out it, where it, you it, can just get a one up tackle and then. And it, it, it gets rid of their escorting, which is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And puts pressure on Arensa and Colby. Now, again, these are very good players. But I think, can you get at Damien Willemsa in that position? If they, because again, with, with the Springbok defensive system, that winger is shooting up which means that their pendulum system would have the fullback Damien Williams covering that back edge of the field so if you can do that can you put Damien Williams under pressure and we've seen that he's a guy who has a mistake in him and I, I think try and push it that might, I think the box might counter that and drop someone like Libok back we've seen him sort of play a little bit of that but for again, the Stormers we've seen Libok get LeBlocked as well though so yeah, that's oh, something that, yeah. that that like Ireland could be looking at as well as a way to almost kind of take the sting out of that um, really good kick defense that the, the Springboks have. 
I think that's exactly where Ireland will go at it because Ireland, and we've we've talked about it with their kick transition, they will want to go and keep that Bach pack moving north south. Like you like, sh- kicks you, as- you like shuttle ones, guys. <laughs> yeah, like that this, this is the equivalent of a, bron- of a sort of an, an infield in play Bronco test <laughs> that they want to do for the first half and they'll do it and that's why the box have gone with a 7-1 split because they want to replace as many as those forwards early in the second half as they can so that they don't get caught out defensively that guys don't or sorry, can't get back into the de- defensive line or make mistakes or get tired. They want to refresh that and go at Ireland again. I think Ireland will continue to do it and put it back there. It will depend how how they can, can get out. If they had Pollard there, I think they'd drop Pollard back and they'd you get into this sort of, what was it, the last World Cup, the Wales. semi-final with Wales, Wales. and you mm. get into this, who blinks first and you know actually runs the ball instead of kicking it when they should and you get into that, this Bok team have changed how they play and have moved considerably to being more of an on-ball team. And the question is, is now... The if is they they have, but... They're not fully there yet. No, and they they have not racked up the high ball and play um, minutes that Ireland have. The the on-ball games that they've played, they've had a lot of lineouts and a relatively low ball and play time. Ireland are really good at burning out bigger, heavier teams, especially bigger, heavier teams who want to play ball like France did in the Aviva Stadium. Then in the Six Nations, they came in looking to try and do a little bit more of an on-ball style. Didn't work. I think South Africa have been building towards a style a bit like that. If I'm game planning this for Ireland, I'm thinking we kick a lot. We kick often. We get that ball to the edge. James Lowe kicks at, you know, that, that straight edge ball down the line. Make them play. If they want to kick and give us lineouts, we can play with that. No bother. I think any team who gives Ireland 12, 11, 13 lineouts, you're going to have a problem. So I think the, the teams who will beat Ireland, I think, reduce the lineouts that they give. South Africa will have to give us lineouts. They're not conditioned to do a full ball and play a game without that. So I think that if you're, if you're Ireland, I think that you are going to be an on-ball team. That's fine. Be an on-ball team. See where they are kick that ball deep, make them play from deep, see what their structures are like. Because one thing with Ireland, Ireland are an excellent defensive team. Like Springboks get a lot of praise for it, and rightly so. Ireland are every bit as good as them defensively. And I think that that's a massive opportunity for Ireland, that if the Springboks are going to play, put pressure on Manny Libok. We know, we've seen that he has a tendency to, there's a few brain farts there. We've seen that at URC level. We've even seen that at at test level. Make him play. Because if they want to kick ball to Ireland, we're one of the best post-transition teams in the game. So lots of stuff I hear, I think here stacks up well for Ireland. Because the whole thing about 7-1, look, it, it's, it doesn't change anything. There's two job things. Is, job is yeah. the same for Ireland. There's two things there. The first thing, what you said about 7-1, at the same time, like we're talking about it here, like it all goes perfect. You're one injury away from being in real trouble. So that's probably the first thing. Like, I mean, you get the likes of maybe Creel injured. Like, oh. who shifts where? Do you know what I mean? Willem said, does he come in? They'd put, they'd put you know, Dillende to 13. They'd 13. Put Willem said a 12. But it's a lot of shifting. Do you know what I mean? There's just a few things like that anyway. But the second thing in terms of being an on-ball team, if Ireland are going to do that, 
well, two things. First off, their breakdown has to be perfect. Super accurate. Absolutely perfect. Because I don't know if you remember this South Africa-Scotland game. Scotland's breakdown was inefficient at times. A bit slow, letting guys in, upsetting it, slowing it down. And as a result, blitzed. Second thing is if Ireland are going to be an on-ball team, South Africa's line speed is incredible. Now, I did a piece on it there for Patreon the last day, so I was kind of looking at it, and I suppose maybe I'm biased or maybe it's fresh in the head, but South Africa's line speed is absolutely unbelievable every time. And they stack it from the outside. They make sure that they've run for a false start if needs be. They present a really, really good picture, and they come up and hammer. And, I mean, if you look at the opening weekend round the games, I mean, Ireland played Romania, um, etc. Scotland made the fewest metres of any team. And that was a result of that South African pressure. So if Ireland are going to be an on-ball team, their breakdown has to be pitch perfect. And also they're going to have to make sure that their handling and decision-making under huge pressure is also pretty perfect as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes as the game wears on too. I think one of the key metrics in-game that you will see who was winning this is how many players Ireland have to put into the rook. Yeah, how many to keep in their feet. Yeah. Yeah. If if Ireland are going with more than two or three players into each ruck to secure it and get it back, A, it's going to mean that they don't have the players to put into the, the pod restructure for the next phase. And I think secondly, it means that your ball is probably going to be slower than you want. And I think that's the key metric. If you see three or four players having to go in and secure that ball and get it back for Ireland, the box are winning the battle of the breakdown. And that's bad news for Ireland. I think for we've talked about the South African defence and the way it's that sort of U shape that they'll flood the the outside edge, the passers with the um, into the passing lanes to stop you going there or forcing you very deep. I I expect, and it's one of the things I noticed about the South African teams in the URC when they were playing, even when they run their own pods they very rarely tip back ball back on the inside. I expect Ireland to test them on that. I think Ireland will, when they take that sort of three-man pod, particularly the forward pod, with this, the sort of the arrowhead formation, I think the ball will come back on the inside, the tip pass back, and they will do that two or once or twice and then spread it back wide to get to the edge. That they'll, Because I think what they'll try and do is, as part of that sort of follow-on from the kicking game, once you tire the forwards, who's going to be the slowest to get up off the ruck? Who's not going to come back on the inside? And I think they'll test them once or twice there. And if they can catch someone, it's not going to be that they're necessarily going to make a line break. It'll just, they'll get a couple of extra meters. They'll force the defensive line to take a couple of steps back and then it's bang, go wide and try and take the, the opportunities from there. I think as well, as you, to follow on what you said there, like Ireland's work around the breakdown, like not just you know the, the actual rock work itself, but Ireland's ability to hit right up the fringe of the rock is really important, especially with how the, the Springbok teams push off. So they basically, they, they give you a pincer movement. Like they catch you, they, they, they stop you from going wide, they funnel you back inside. But I think we've seen Ireland be very effective with um, those little gimmick plays where they're able to hit a runner coming from the side of the rock you weren't watching. And find that pass and find that inside pass. Like Ireland have been very, very good at that. There's there's opportunities there for Ireland. Like this is all the kind of the talk of the seven one, do you know? Like I think if Ireland play their game to the best level, I think I think we'll win. 
I think Conan starts, or starts, sorry. <laughs> no, I think Conan gets on the bench as well. I would agree. If he's anyway fit, I think he gets if on. If he's fit, yeah, I think so too. It's a big call considering he, he, he hasn't trained properly yet. The only other thing I think they would do is maybe McCarthy and Henderson and push Henderson somewhere back rowish, have Byrne float around there. But I haven't thought too much about it, so I'm not too sure the ins and outs. But yeah, I don't know where it, I'm going with that thought. I sorry. think with, I think if they're going to go with a 5-3, I think it's based on the fact that they, they're fairly sure they can get a full 80 out of Conan if they need to. Yeah. Because they've got two weeks off after. So I think that if we see 5-3, they're confident in Conan because he might be needed from minute one. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I think that, that you could make a decision because we were speaking about this last week about like, do you make a decision on, you know, do you include McCarthy? If you're going to go with a 6-2 split, do you include McCarthy? Um, Ireland have never done that, but if they were going to do it, this would be the game. Um, I just, as you were saying earlier, Jeff, I just see them doubling down on what they've done and done well. Oh, I think so, yeah. And it, and going too far from that, I think, would be very unlike Farrell. You also build a process to trust it. And suddenly when a question comes up about it, you can't shit the bed like you have to. It's like, we're going 7-1-2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going 8 none. <laughs> you, you do like, you have to, you have to trust the process. Like that's, that's exactly what it is. Like there's, that's why there's a phrase for it. Like, What did you think of the vote of one ad with um, Andy Farrell as a child? In the car with his father. I, I thought think it was uh, real life footage. I, it's very impressive. If so, really, really good a Vodafone to get that so long ago. Who would have known they would have needed it? And in such high quality. <laughs> oh, what a catch, though! What in a catch! HD. It's, it's all paid off now. I it's wanted. To, I wanted to say that I thought Mac Hansen's acting in that, for what it was, was actually pretty good. I thought his woo that he did was actually pretty convincing. <laughs> I can imagine him doing that for real. Is that was it what he was disciplined for, is it? Maybe. 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 Maybe he was being disciplined for being too nice a person. Yeah. Or being he, too good an actor. Like, being too nice a person. They were like, that's Josh's role. Stop he, it. He caught too sweet a wave out on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> he said hang 10, but then he didn't, he didn't high five my cat. Disciplined. <laughs> Like I, 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 I must say, like I thought, Andrew Porter did okay. This whole "let's go," I can imagine him saying that. I can imagine Andrew Porter saying "let's go." Andrew Porter could say what he wants to me. I'd be like, "Yes, Andrew, no problem, no problem. Please don't he's hurt just me." Like he's like, "I'm hosting your podcast now." You're just like, cool. "Okay, yeah, no bother." You'd, prob- you'd probably be better than me. <laughs> no bother. If you remember, I actually hosted the first few of these until Owen said, "Nope," and uh, nope, it was nope. a quick change. Not having it. Yeah, Andrew Porter. Stepped on him. Said, "At least you, I you used need to, to make a change." At least I used to send the script and used to have us kind of running. This lad couldn't give a shit. Oh, that's the didn't thing. even put. No. Didn't time for the truth. He didn't even put me on last week. I was in the waiting room and this Zoom called for like forty-five minutes, and I was like, "Fine, I guess I won't come on." That's where I was, folks. No one just said no. no. Now all the truth. Now, now we know where Mac Mac Hansen was disciplined for. Now the truth's come out. Yeah, the power's gone to his head, Tom. Uh, but and and to, to finish my thought. Yeah, we will respect Matt Thorne. <laughs> I thought I thought Gary I thought Gary Ringrose poorest performance of the bunch, and I'm saying that as an instrument. 
that I thought that his his performance was on par with Hugo Keenan's reading of a newspaper in that other ad with uh you know when Tyke Furlong is walking around the place and it's kind of like oh, Johnny's safe yet you know when Flair said that I thought um, Josh was actually reading a newspaper and again Vodafone were just cotton no it, it was Hugo Keenan he just kind of like it, it said like Johnny for president on the back of the paper and like Hugo yeah, Keenan just kind of is that not a put, real paper no I, I, I hope so he could turn this country around so he could Are you telling me advertising is lying to me <laughs> he puts it down right and he just kind of he just sort of looks off off camera and just sort of like shakes his head I'm just like why are you looking that, off camera I don't and like, <laughs> and like that man has never read a paper in his life <laughs> Josh doesn't read I don't, the news I don't he buy is it. the news I don't buy it when he says I didn't read it or we don't we don't read anything here Hugo Keenan means it because he did not look like a fellow who was comfortable holding a newspaper. He was just like, <laughs> I am going to try and bring this back on track here in yeah. some way. Right. <laughs> there was a mention there before I, I even lost interest in this, this rambling that went on um, about Andrew Porter. And the one thing I will say, I have been critical about Andrew Porter scrummaging for a long while. This world cup, I think the, the opening two games, he has stayed a lot straighter on the setup than he has been previously um, on that. I think it's helped them. It's helped Ireland. But when he, the Irish scrum continues to have the problem at loose head, that when the pressure comes on, the loose head falls in consistently. And I, I don't think the scrum is going to be an issue in this game. I don't think it's going to be a deciding factor, but it could be enough of a, a factor to give the Springboks territory and possession from lineouts and momentum, I, I think pairing him with Kelleher is a great start. Yeah, because when he was scrummaging with with Herring, again they're two similarly height, you know, guys. I think that Porter, when he's not being super aggressive, if he's just literally, I'm just going to hold this. I'm not looking to try and go forward. I'm not looking to try and you know win a penalty against it or whatever else. When he's just very conservative, I think that he's better because South Africa are going to be coming for him. Like he knows it. Everybody knows it. They're going to be coming after him. But I don't think he stacks up that badly with Malherba, at least looking and looking in, in advance. And I think pairing him with Keller would be a great start just to give him a solid platform. Do we know who's ref in this game? We, well, do one of you? Ben O'Keefe. Ben O'Keefe. Okay. A, a lot of refs so far in this tournament have been talking about the scrums. I don't know if you've heard them kind of, you know, offhand kind of like, you know, when the commentators are talking, maybe you heard the ref in the background. They're very positive towards scrums. They keep saying like, that's like Wayne Barnes sticks out at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the last games, I can't remember who, but he was just saying like, great picture. That was brilliant. That was brilliant. Great picture. And really kind of portraying back that positivity in, in regards to setup and stuff. I imagine Ben O'Keefe will be more the same. Like, I mean, refs don't want to have to bring this into their hands either. So as long as there's a picture brought up that's not like the group versus Antonio, I think that he'll be in an okay spot. Just keeps that right hip in. This good. Shoulder up. That bad. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. yeah just keep the right hip in. No, no one can see up. that, Tom, but yes. Yeah. They could hear me lifting my elbow. Elbow up. Good. Yeah. And I'm just down. good. Elbow Bad. down, facing down. I'm just agreeing <laughs> with you here. Yeah. But yeah, no, right hip in, left shoulder up, keep that point, keep that picture. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all a ref wants. Stay, really. stay positive, believe in yourself. 
Yeah, believe in yourself. The, the other the other reason that I think the scrum won't necessarily be a huge factor. Trust your is, family. Is <laughs> that the Springboks don't have a proper scrummaging hooker to come off the bench? True. They have, true. They have options. True. 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 In um, in the same uh, way that 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 we are potentially options. Yes. <laughs> no, to be fair, if, if like if if Yuri is good, but like scrummaging, I would not suggest that he is an expert scrummager. I would suggest that he it, it would be impossible for him to be so. Yeah, he's no, a competent scrummager. Competent was exactly yeah. the word I was going to use. But I think both of them are in there because they value, and it's an interesting way. I think that the Springboks are going to go use both of those players, particularly off the bench to go after Ireland at the breakdown. They're yeah. they're more in there. They've lost Marks, who was very good at the breakdown, and Jackling as well. And well, I he's think also pretty Yeah, which is where the, the weakness comes with this. But I think from getting someone like Fury in there, they're going to go after Ireland's breakdown. They want, to, they want the Jackals in there. That's how they're going to try. So do you think that if we feel that the Springbok scrum is not a massive strength given their injuries, does that increase the chances of Conor Murray starting this? Given that his strength would be his ability to box kick and that there might be a system fit for us there. Um, I think I it, it may be, I think, uh, what you call it, um, does increase it, increase the chance. But at the same time, it's... Andy Farrell is such a creature of habit when it comes to selections. It's hard to see past that team that's that's there and I mean when we say that team you're you're almost going with with the 23 like um you I don't think there's going to be much change to it I think he's going to go 5-3 I think it's going to be Henderson and probably Conan on the bench um I think waiting to see whether Bielham gets through I think that's the the one area for Ireland is the is the the sort of the backup props he he passed he has he passed yes yeah well, then he's he's in for me, I think. Yeah, then it's killer on the bench. Yeah, I think he. Sheehan, if he's killer. fit. Yeah, Beelum. I think. Yeah, I think you go Sheehan, um, killer, Beelum, Henderson, Conan, probably, probably Murray Crowley, and then Henshaw. Is the way the way I'd see, I'd probably see Robert, Robert Henshaw. Big Bob. Big Bob. Roberto. Roberto Henshaw. Roberto Henchelopoulos. I think even if like we're wrong on someone in the 23, I'd say you'll probably get 22 there. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. I think the, the only other things that I, I saw within this was um, what you call it? The who wins the ball and play time. Obviously, more Ireland will be looking to draw there. Yeah. Ireland want to keep it in, box want to keep it off the pitch. And that's another one to look out for in terms of how it's going. And then sort of, um, oh, what was the other one I was going to go through? It was the, can Ireland get enough of a lead to make the box chase the game slightly? I think so. I think this Irish team have have a really good habit of starting very, very well and then dropping off a little bit in the second half. But if Ireland start the way Ireland, we know that that they can, especially if the, the, we start with a lot of lineup ball. I think there's lots of opportunities to get at this uh, Springbok team, even with their line speed, even with everything else. And can we defend that then? That's the, that's the, that's the question. But we have breakdown threats too. Some of the best in the world, I would say. Doris, Byrne, mm-hmm. Manny. 
Porter, Kelleher. Porter, yeah. Porter is massive. Yeah, Aki yeah. as well. So look, I, I think that this is a really exciting game between two very, very good teams who both have ways of hurting each other. So it's kind of the perfect big game for... Metaphorically, Poole. tactically, and physically. Yes, indeed. <laughs> okay, so then who do we reckon, who are we calling this for? Jeff, who are you going for in this one? Going for Ireland. Fucking Ireland by 15 points, by. I'm going to go Ireland as well. I, I think oh, we're so biased. I know. We're so, so biased. biased. I actually think this game matters less for the box than it does for Ireland. I think Ireland n- need to win this to avoid France at home in the quarterfinals. They obviously don't want to go through that. New Zealand is the much preferred option, I think, both for both teams. But I just have a feeling that South Africa are building this and their squad. Their injuries have hit them, but I think they are building more for the knockouts. They're gonna they've brought Pollard back. He's not gonna be available for this game. I think they're building for the knockout games. That it doesn't matter who they go, they're gonna go big for three games at the end. They don't care who it is. I think Ireland would much prefer to play the All Blacks, and it'll be bigger that way. But I I think the box are are planning they're going to go France and go down that side of the draw. I wouldn't be surprised to see these two teams back in the final. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised either. I think for Ireland, it's a massive game. We just have to show that we can win games of this scale. And I think if we can, the belief that we'll take from it would be massive. Because, you know, not not to write off Scotland. That's going to be a tough game as well. But... This same same disrespect is, as you would show to Zebra for yeah. Scotland. Let's this, is, this, this is the thing. Like I think with, with this Irish team, they're not too weighed down by the past. The whole like, oh, never made it beyond a quarterfinal. Look, they were all they were other teams, but like that's still hanging there, right? So like, one way you get beyond it, obviously, is winning those games that you've lost previously. We need to win against this Springbok team. We need to go into the quarterfinal. Once we get beyond that, I think this team can make a final. I think they can win it. But you show that by beating the Springbok team if you can. I think it's a massive challenge and I think that they're coming for that as well. So it's such an exciting game. But yeah, fuck it. Ireland. Okay, well, uh, we'll round it up there, folks. Thank you very much for listening to our ramblings and for supporting the podcast. Please do rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you listen as it really helps and also be sure to share the podcast on social media. Hope you have a good week and at least two of the three of us will be back next week to chat again.